We hung out in the kitchen for a few more minutes, eating and gathering up food and everything we thought we could use. Beside the kitchen door, we, we piled bottled water, canned fruits and vegetables, potatoes, onions, and powdered mixes of everything from pancakes to brownies. We shifted it all to the staging area at the back door. Max disappeared for a few minutes and came back with an emergency wind-up radio and a big first aid kit and a red bag like a trainer at a football game would carry. There isn't much more room in the car for all this, Zara said, after looking over the growing supply pile. And in case you forgot, our antique Oldsmobile no longer has a windshield or a rear window. I might be able to fix that, Maxine said, her face beaming. Come on, I'll show you, she said, taking my hand. Just like that, a jolt of electricity fired through me, except I didn't want it to stop. My hands got sweaty and my heart raced. I had a sudden fear she would speak to me, because I knew I couldn't speak at all as I followed her dumbly outside, down the porch and toward another grave outbuilding beyond the one I had been in. I wondered vaguely where Xavier was, but I didn't even try to look for him. As if in a dream, I heard Maxine talking to me, but I said mystified as she disappeared inside the gray metal building. Don't just stand there, Yuli. Follow me, she said, laughing from somewhere inside. I heard her, but I had to tell my legs to move, when they did in a sort of lumbering kind of way. Truth was, I never held a girl's hand, except for kids' stuff at school, like going down the hall in daycare. She was beautiful and probably almost 16 years old. Now I've been holding hands with Miss Universe. I couldn't even be been more shocked. In inside, I found her about 20 feet away, stepping on along this line of cars, all of them under covers, tied down neatly to around the fr their frames. Just then, Finn burst into the building, breathing hard as he headed over to me. He licked my hand and stood, be stood by my side for a moment before loping off toward Max. Having a dog like Finn come and say hello to me was an awesome feeling I was still getting used to. But my mind returned to Maxime and how she had grabbed for my hand. That time, I knew I could never feel fear again. Being ten feet tall and bulletproof just made sense. But nothing. But looking around the building, I realized I could no longer see Maxime. She wasn't there, and my skin went cold. Maxine, I yelled. No response. Maxine, I yelled again, jumping over to the spot where I had been, where I'd seen her last. I thought I heard her voice sound more muffled than it should have been. I unslung the shotgun, keeping the, bar the barrel up. Ulysses! Maxine yelled much clearer now, and I was able to follow her, vo her voice to a car with the cover slide up to reveal its own passenger door. She was sitting behind the wheel, her long left leg hanging carelessly out of the car, her right hand pressing buttons on the console. She looked up at me and smiled a happy smile. As I drew near, I saw more than happiness in her eyes. I saw her blue eyes sparkling with a secret. What? I asked, smiling my myself now. I have a secret, she whispered playfully. I know that, I replied. Tell me. She she shook her head and pulled the door closed, its doors locking automatically. Real funny, I said, still smiling but annoyed. Open the door. She she shook her head, smiling broader than ever with a secret, so good she was giddy. Standing there, I could hear her giggling behind the locked doors and windows. I knew then how little I knew about girls, and what a fool I had been ever, to ever think of myself as fearless. She stuck her tongue out at me as I grabbed the door handle. The shock jolted me. Not like when you walk around your socks in the rug at home, but a real shock that sent me backward, dazed and leaning on the wall. Anger followed, and as I shook my head, I began to immediately develop a theory that girls were not creatures to mess with. Max was out of the car like a shot, telling me how sorry she was and how badly she had treated me. I'm so sorry, Yuli, she said. I just looked down at the concrete floor and said nothing, unsure of how to take it all. She had set me up for a painful jolt, but seemed sincerely apologetic, even more unnerving. While I stood there sulkily with my head down, I realized I wasn't even mad at her. Are you really so mad at me, she asked. I looked up to see her mouth in a full pout and I couldn't speak. In fact, I'd do it again if she told me to. If it amused her, I'd do it again. Wait till you see what else it can do, Maxine said, nodding to the car. Get in. She turned around and slid into the driver's seat while I walked over to the passenger side. 
I set the shotgun flat on the ground and pulled the rest of the cover off the car. It slid easily off the metallic silver paint. I left it in a pile on the concrete floor and opened up the door, half expecting to be shocked again. Inside, I saw a half-luxury car and half-spaceship. Seats were black leather and super comfortable, real high-quality stuff. Lining the dashboard, console, and doors were gauges and little screens for digital readouts and icons. Had the car been running. The more I looked around, the more I looked tinkered together than anything mass-produced. It was the coolest car I'd ever sat in, but I started feeling bummed out when I realized none of it wouldn't work since the tech crash a few days ago in the world as we had known it collapsed. I finally looked over at Max and saw her staring at me eagerly, like she was waiting for something. What? I asked. Ready? She asked brightly. Sure, I said a little uneasy, since I couldn't be sure she wasn't setting me up again for some painful joke at my expense. But she only reached out her hand and pressed the ignition button, causing the engine to rumble to life before settling into a late and low hum of, of a powerful... I thought of a Corvette, yet underneath it all, I started. I heard something else I couldn't identify. What kind of engine is it, I yelled. Max only shrugged. Gas engine, I yelled. In response, she sort of rocked her head from side to side and then shrugged again. Diesel, I yelled. This time she winked at me and pressed a little red D on the console. Max crept the car ahead all of 20 feet, which seems silly since there was now a metal wall directly in front of us and there and three or four cars behind us. Egress, Maxine said imperiously, and the wall shut upward and outward like the door it was, bringing blinding sunlight through the windshield as I squinted. Solar shield, Maxine commanded, and this time the windshield and all windows in the car darkened like a pair of glasses when it gets too bright. She drove the car toward the house, bumping over the ruts in the gravel driveway. On the porch, Xavier was leaning against the wall, his backpack beside him. He pushed off, jogged down the steps, and ambled toward us, as if not the least surprised we'd be picking him up in some crazy tricked-out car from the future.